Hello, everyone, and welcome to Conversations Explore So Many Things. And yeah. in this episode, we we talk about the tree as crossroads. Do you know, do you want to give some context around that? Uh, we do not talk about the tree as crossroads. Oh, That's we don't? The part that we're cutting out of this episode, remember? Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I kind of like this intro, though. <laughs> <laughs> but we will talk about the tree crossroads at some point but it's only oh, like three minutes the, of conversation okay. that are totally unrelated well, Dino, to the would you the- like to give us the context of this <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. so in this episode uh when we start i have just been describing how hard it is to explain the mysteries and my understanding of Hikate as I see her now, because uh, it's just too big to get my head around. It's just too big. <laughs> it's just too big to wrap your head around. Well, do you think that that's why people dice up these energies into other That's a really. I've been wondering. That's yeah. That's it's a like, very okay, interesting I question. I, I mean, I think it would be very easy to say that and to think that on the surface. Yeah, that's but what I don't. I, I do. honestly <laughs> don't know if I would say that. Really? Like, because like I guess I I I really can't say because I I don't know enough about other other deities to feel like I can speak as deeply about them as I can about Hecate. Like, I, I know Hecate enough to feel like she, I mean, to me, she encompasses everything. She, she's huge. She's not, so like, if, so if, if, if this were like my own cosmology or whatever, it would be, it would make sense to me to say, to, to put Hecate as the as the the overarching god essentially right. and the other gods are kind of like aspects of her right I would even say right that's my so that's my point like so that other people like like other deities might be aspects of the larger right one, and, yeah and, and I get those that are that more was, easily connected to because they might be Above them necessarily, 
right. or anything. No, I and so what that. I'm saying is that while she may, for me, be on top, essentially, uh-huh. um, what I'm what I'm not sure about, what I'm yeah. not sure about is whether or not other gods. Um, not necessarily whether or not they are also all-encompassing for other people, although perhaps they are too, and certainly others are for for many people. Yeah. But even for the, but perhaps even for some that may not be fully all-encompassing, it may still be overly simplistic to say that they are just like a piece of that yeah. overarching. Thing. Like, like in a way, perhaps what each one is, is instead of being an a- like a, an a- just an aspect or a piece of that overall divine machinery, perhaps Ooh, it's more like machinery. each one is a different gateway into the whole thing. Yeah, so I think that's why I didn't say it very well, but like, I guess that's kind of my back going back to like you saying that she is the the oneness and the separateness the separateness being necessary or something about the sword because the separateness is necessary for things to be your own to exist so it's like so it's not meant to be like take power or anything away from any of those other it's actually to Aspects. give them power. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. by being yes. a separate... Okay, better way of saying it. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. But, but I see, but your point is is, is important that, it's, it, that it is easy to see it as potentially taking power away by, yeah. by, by saying, by, by, by separating. By saying, but, oh, they're a part of this other, like, we've given this a name that's all-encompassing they're a part of that but it's actually I don't know how did you say it before <laughs> um well well I guess like to, to like say well for Hecate say like to look like, yeah Hecate is like the, the old soul yeah um in my very primitive understanding of the other gods you can say um I don't know what's an example um Hermes, okay. Yeah, Hermes, Hermes is. Let's say Hermes is an aspect of Hecate. Hermes. In uh-huh. that assumption, let's pretend he is the world pillar itself. He is like the the connection between all three realms. I mean, she is as well, but yeah. within her, like she is, she is the connection between all three realms. She is what encompasses them all, but she is the soul that moves through them she is and and that becomes each manifestation of each thing within each realm and she is the the she is the the uh the the light of awareness and consciousness that perceives and understands things and and all that but like say Hermes within that and that's just like touching on her but like yeah. Hermes within that is is like say just the principle of the connection between or say just the principle of the of the spirit moving through all three realms. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, um, like. And, but to say, like, and I'm sure that that is an unfair. Well, there's other ways to describe way of looking it. At him. Yeah. Um, yeah. But say, under, but with that as an example, um, uh, saying pulling Hermes out of Hecate in that way is calling him the world soul, saying he's this one part, um, is not taking, is not to take away that aspect from Hecate, and it's not to reduce him to only that. Right. It is to recognize that both Not really accidentally, but... We'll do it again. <laughs> we hope to. 
like that. It's like that. So it's like I that. I do want to call it androgynous. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it's how the, you think of it. <laughs> well, it's that yin-yang principle. How she is the yin right. and that she is the path. Yes. He is the walker. He is yeah. the yang and that he is the walker on the path. Yeah. But you can look at it. And it, it's like that picture of Hermes and Hecate that was in, I think, one of my books that we were looking at where it shows him on a darky or, or, or a goat, I think, yeah. actually. And, and she stands both in front of and behind him. It's just like, oh. it's from this base from like, a thousand, oh, that's right. from yeah, like, yeah. A, like over 2,000 years ago, from a long, long, long time ago. Yeah. Um, did you show me that or did I yeah, just find I showed it to you? No, yeah, I showed it to you, and you're like, okay. oh, this, and, then, and you said it reminded you of the idea of she is the path, he is the walker. That's right, okay. Right. And it makes right. perfect right. sense, and, and, and it even is, complements how she is said to both proceed and follow Persephone in her That's right, that's yearly, when we start talking about that, yeah. Um, but it also brings to mind the idea of, like, the river, the, the, the river of existence, or the river of, of spirit that...
had to have been, otherwise he wouldn't have made that statue. Because um, it wouldn't have been commissioned. Um, right. But, um, we know that people, like, the earliest form of Hecatea, which are those, um, the Hecatea were, um, uh, um, so if you've heard of Herms, those, like, yes. But now we know that the that the moon is 
is integral to the existence of safety of and preservation of life on Earth. Right. Um, without the moon's existence, life on Earth would be much simpler and much more primitive still and way different. <laughs> um, and uh, we certainly would not probably wouldn't be out of the oceans. I just wanted to expand our conversation a little bit to say that we have just briefly touched on this much larger conversation within polytheism, at least in the West in general, this larger conversation about soft versus hard polytheism is the way I've heard it. Uh, oh. um, and so what, what these terms mean is that in hard polytheism, apparently, or in, in one way, shape, or form, people, uh, and there's, of course, various versions of, all, of, of these two things. Essentially, in hard polytheism, the gods are seen as distinct individuals where two goddesses related to the same thing or similar things in different cultures are still seen as separate goddesses, separate entities. They are not seen as being the same person under different guises, perhaps. Oh, so what is the uh, soft polytheism? That's the other side in which one, to some degree or another, believes that there is this kind of deity in, behind these deities. That, and maybe it's better to, to give it as well, the context of, of it being that maybe this is just how, you know, these are the ways in which the people in these cultures yeah, have gotten used to relating to these spirits. And so these mm -hmm. are the familiar masks that the spirit will recognize and utilize to relate to. Mm -hmm. Familiar um, masks. I love that. Okay. Sorry, continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can imagine how this is like a really big conversation and with a lot of different versions of each of, of both soft and hard polytheism mm -hmm. and and people who can kind of I I personally try to maintain agnosticism about this and say I can't and don't know what the absolute truth behind this is but to me oh, it does make the most sense to mm -hmm. say that there is some sort of a there is definitely a current of spirit underlying all of the manifestations in reality, which mm -hmm. of course can't be encapsulated yeah. within one of these guises. And so yeah. does to some extent or another manifest within these different entities. If, yeah. And like, that doesn't mean that they aren't still distinct people. So like the way that I see this is kind of how, you know, the understanding that, all is one and all is separate. At some extent of reality, it seems that there may be an underlying spiritual current and in, in, in like we are all also manifestations of the same spirit since we are all manifestations of source, consciousness, yes. the universe, God. Yes, absolutely. So each of us is a manifestation of these things. And so it's the same for, for deities. Exactly. They, yeah. they are distinct entities, but they are also united. And perhaps why it's harder to distinguish this for deities is because they're maybe a little closer to that Godhead type of state in which they are all things. Mm. Some, some more so than others, but... Mm -hmm.
So some of them can overlap and right oh, and like gosh, we, yeah right. So like that's kind of how I how I think of it. But I'm also mm-hmm. trying to like remain maintain some of that agnosticism and like researching the different deities and whatnot because the records that we have from the past are incomplete and and seen through a cultural lens. It's interesting to see the yeah. frameworks through which, like the lenses through which different cultures or periods of time um, encapsulate a deity in some sort of way, whatever way that is. Yeah. I don't know how organized my thoughts are, but what I was hearing you say is that soft polytheism is probably more accurate to to say like that there's spirit underlying all of these different aspects through which you know these aspects being different deities um and that people may encounter these or have relationships with these deities through a certain framework so that's kind of where hard polytheism may come from because they're trying to relate to deities through a certain framework yeah yeah and that's just a natural natural um result of the circumstance that they live in a culture with a particular set of beliefs and and way and traditions around around different spirits um and so that's just what comes up comes to us through history through the natural evolution of, of human culture and the separation and diversification of it. Yeah. Um, I, I want to, yeah, I, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no. I just, <laughs> I want to watch, I want to go to some places where there's some like really ancient practices and see and observe the way that people interact and believe. And because belief is such a strong, it's, a, it's so potent. Yeah. And I think it would be somewhat, a little bit of a meaningless term to pe- to some people in some cultures. Yeah. Like there are definitely, so this is one of the interesting things that I learned about religions in the last few years in my, like at, when I dealt, when I dove back into researching magic and everything and witchcraft, familiar like Abrahamic faiths, like Judaism, Islam, Christianity, yeah. and others. Um, I mean, I don't know enough about Judaism to really say this, but Christianity. Um, yeah. <laughs> It, um, but anyway, um, it is an orthodoxic tradition in which mm. you, which not is not to say it's orthodox because there are certain things denominations that are called orthodox and others that are very much not orthodox. Um, whatever that means it, within the Christian context is not what I mean by orthodox. Right outside of the Christian context, um, my understanding is that it means right belief. Um, this is like just the etymological huh. root of it. And so this is a tradition <laughs> which requires you to have correct beliefs and in order to be or whatever or I mean whatever other tradition right. might also be orthodoxic in this way. Um and other traditions, uh like Wicca at least, both new and older occult traditions, are orthopraxic traditions which have you so wicca and for example is an orthopraxic 
tradition by comparison. So instead of right belief, it is right practice. So you are a Wiccan or of this particular coven, for example, uh, because you share a set of practices with the people in your coven, not because you all have the exact same beliefs. Oh, the gods. this is a whole different episode. I definitely want to bookmark this and dive into that subject. <laughs> Belief versus, um, versus practice. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. That is a soapbox that I will leave Ooh. for later. <laughs> yes, well, let's definitely dive into it. Okay. I have that actually, I would love to just to talk a little bit about concepts and relationship I've had with the word with the word belief over time and like what does mm. that mean? And like, mm-hmm. it's a really difficult word to oh, contend yes. with, honestly. It has so much oh of an impact in culture and it. It's really actually surprisingly difficult to define. I think the way that what it means is different from what how people use it most of the time. In yes. That like people tend to imply that when they say I believe something, they mean, <laughs> I think this is true and I know this. But they may not always act but, in accordance with that thing. Yeah. And <laughs> belief <laughs> And, like, that is to say that belief is equivalent to knowledge. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yeah, so... Knowledge is not always put to practice. And, and so belief... Like, yes. Okay. Sorry. Well, yeah. Well, we can... We'll, we'll dive into yes, that so different But we definitely... But yes. I on. need to try to stop myself. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe we need to... End it there. End it there... <laughs> possibly (laughs) or like cut it off there and see what how it feels we have some stuff for bloopers reels which are funny yeah like if we have an episode of bloopers things that do you think people would do you think people would rather just like hearing them in the context like that though i do that's why i sometimes just leave things in there i'm like maybe i'll cut this out but then when i listen to it i'm like i'll leave it in (laughs) yeah i wonder if anybody else will find them funny (laughs) i hope they do (laughs) yeah i don't know well they can leave us a message yeah you guys are not funny (laughs) (laughs) yeah tell us you only amuse each other and not us (laughs) <laughs> why are they listening <laughs> yes. uh, you have some weird sibling um, uh, humor that yeah, no one else like y'all have a lot of inside jokes that you're not aware you are laughing at right. <laughs> oh yeah that is something about sibling relationships that I'm sure happens like oh, God, just yeah. break out yeah. laughing and yeah Thanks. and you're like okay I'm an outsider <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to do that. We want to bring people in. We want them all to be insiders into our jokes yeah. or humor. I don't. We don't tell jokes anyway for the outro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, to the outro. Okay. Yeah. Um. Onward. <laughs> Onwards.